getting down over there. Hello there. I'm sorry, I was taking a drink. Hello there. Um, hi, how are you? Well, it's been a very fun night. Yeah, I asked how you were as if I haven't been with you for the last I know. four hours. <laughs> it's been great, Michelle. Thanks. I'm great. Oh, good. I'm glad you had a good time. <laughs> if anybody is looking at our Instagram from tonight, they can see what a great time we had at, what was the name of the first place? Bar Sur Mer. Right. And a little more up my alley, Flint Creek Cattle Company. <laughs> <laughs> Which is actually a fancy restaurant. It is. They're both great. We had a nice little night out. Mm-hmm. Prosecco Theory hit the town. I'm still on vacation from work, so that's something to celebrate. What's funny is that last time they all heard from us, we were talking about how much shit we'd been doing. I know. how tired we were from all of it. And here we are. <laughs> but we had four days to relax in Hood Canal. That's so. true. It was a lovely trip. I love Hood Canal. It's very beautiful there. Could never, ever, ever live there. No. Tried to go to a festival one day. <laughs> it was a gravel parking lot with a few booths. A bit of a bust. Yeah. Somehow, my kids found a way that I could spend money on them at a vendor booth. Mm-hmm. But overall, I would say it was very relaxing. Good times. <laughs> my son. <laughs> we park and then walk up and we pass this. You're talking about at the festival, at, right? Yeah, but there's it's a market that's always there. Like right, a right, store. Right. And it's got some snacks and wine and, you know, some food, whatever, some local Hood Canal merchandise, all kinds of stuff, really. And as we're walking by, he sees the windows and he's like, ooh, look at those decorations. I want those decorations. (laughs) You had to go to Hood Canal to find decorations. Apparently. And so I was like, I don't know what he's talking about. There was a lot of sticks in the Mm, window that mm -hmm. things were hanging from. Mm -hmm. Like the sticks aren't for sale. They're just sticks. We can find sticks anywhere. Like when your kids get you to spend money on rocks. Well, <laughs> that's where the story is okay, going. Okay. So we get inside. He wanders over to those windows. He's like, I'm going to find those decorations. He looks at all the stuff and he's like, I don't I don't like any of these decorations. No. And he turns around and says to the rest of us, I want to talk to the manager. <laughs> <laughs> Could you please get more merchandise that I would appreciate? Well, exactly. I was like, why do you want to talk to the manager? And he goes, because I don't like these decorations. Where's the stuff that I like? I was like, that's not how stores work, but okay. (laughs) Especially stores in a very small town. Yeah, we're not going to go talk to the manager because you don't like their merchandise. Mm -hmm. Great. So then I like lead him over. I'm like, look at all these cool rocks and crystals and stuff. And he picks up this polished rock obelisk thing. And he's like, I want this. And I'm like, that's $75. That's not happening. Right. And then I'm like, look, there's these bins of $5 rocks. Pick one of those. So he finds a really beautiful one. It's dark teal color picks it up and then we're going up to the front to pay and we get there and he doesn't have it and i'm like where did it go and he goes over like five feet away and picks it up off the ground and i'm like what did you throw it (laughs) it's like no i dropped it i'm like what okay just gonna leave it over there what the hell so we buy it and then as soon as i've paid and again it's just five dollars whatever but as soon as i've paid for it he fucking drops it again and it shatters. Oh, God. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, really? <laughs> and he's like, well, we better go get another one. I was like, absolutely not. That is not how this works. And then he was a pain in the ass because he was all upset. He was not happy. No. I didn't realize Ugh. all that had happened. I just saw him unhappy. And I was like, yeah, I know the festival's kind of a bust. We'll be getting <laughs> out of here soon. Yes. I didn't realize there was a whole rock incident that mm-hmm. took place. 
<laughs> Despite that, it was a lovely trip. It was great. The weather was gorgeous. The house you found was incredible, like right on the water, the dock out onto the canal. Mm-hmm. We got to swim and, well, you didn't swim, but. Put my feet in the water. Some water time. Facilitated some, mm-hmm. you know, tube tying together, things yeah. like that. Supervised my own children jumping in. It's all good. It was awesome. I feel rested. Good. I'm happy to hear it. I'm not sure tomorrow will agree with that statement, but, you know. (laughs) Hey, it's summer in Seattle. You gotta squeeze in as much as you can. That's right. Before we go into hibernation. Before everybody just goes dark. Yep. Looking at you, cuffing season. (laughs) I was thinking about at that little festival that was four vendor booths and a (laughs) tiny stage in the blazing sun with those poor musicians. Mm -hmm. That were sunburned to hell. So fried. No shade whatsoever. Hope they're okay. (laughs) Lots of aloe this week. Yeah. But we lost Kelly for a while there. (laughs) You and I had our kids with us. We also had her kids with us. And we were like, where the hell did Kelly go? And she's found this bartender that she's chatting with. Mm -hmm. This is just a person who makes friends wherever she goes. Remember her son said in the car on the way home, he's like, well, I know mom like that because she found someone she could talk to. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I totally relate to that. And I feel like that leads us right into what we're talking about. Are you saying that she is an extrovert? A little bit. Okay. If it's not horribly, painfully obvious. Today, we would like to talk about extroverts and introverts. (laughs) This is what I wrote down about extroverts from one of the articles, that they are energized and thrive off being around other people. Mm -hmm. Guilty. So if they're feeling low, feeling sluggish, feeling meh. Mm Mm-hmm. They want to be around people because that's what they mean gives us. them life. <laughs> yes, yeah. correct. Versus introverted people who garner their energy through reflection because they're more reserved and they are overwhelmed by too much stimulation. So they take pleasure in solitary activities like reading or hiking or less stimuli from the world around them being able to almost like cocoon a little bit, whether that's indoors or outdoors or whatever it is, but being by yourself doesn't invite all of the jibber jabber from people like us around them all the time. Versus extroverts who are prone to boredom when they're alone. 100%. Or feeling really isolated. Right. I certainly relate to that because I can only be alone for so long. You know, I'll watch a show and eat a meal and I'm like, oh, this is so nice. And then I'm like, okay. I wonder what everyone else is doing. Where's my people? (laughs) Yeah. I know that one of the reasons you wanted to talk about this in the first place was the misunderstanding of introvert versus shy. And they're actually completely different. They often overlap. Right. But they are not at all synonymous. Yeah. I think that the topic is more complicated than it seems because Mm -hmm. people think that you're an introvert or you're an extrovert. Then there's like an amphivert or some people say they're an extroverted introvert. Right. Introverted extrovert. Or then like, if someone is shy, does that mean that they're introverted? Not necessarily. What do we always say? Everything's a spectrum. That's fucking right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The terms were first introduced into psychology by Carl Jung. Didn't he say something like, nobody can be fully extroverted or introverted? Yeah. They would be a lunatic. He basically said they'd be in an asylum. He said, yeah, it's a spectrum. Everybody Mm -hmm. falls somewhere on that spectrum. Correct. I think Carl would have been our homie if he was around. (laughs) I was just trying to Google Carl Young to find out when he was doing his work, and I accidentally typed Carl Hung. Oh, well, I don't know if Carl was hung. That's (laughs) different. Yeah, I don't know anything about his junk. Uh, it's oh. weird how that wasn't in any of the articles. I know, right? Let's see. Born 1875, died 1961. 
Anywho, he says that extroversion tends to be manifested in outgoing, talkative, energetic behavior, whereas introversion is manifested in more reflective and reserved behavior. Was Carl Jung the one who came up with the social attention theory? I thought that was interesting. No, that was much later. Okay. There was a study in 2002. Oh, it's pretty recent. Where it was suggested, this is from Wikipedia, that the core element of extroversion is a tendency to behave in ways that attract, hold, and enjoy social attention. Therefore, if a person shows positive emotions of enthusiasm, energy, and excitement, that person is seen favorably by others, and he or she gains others' attention. I thought that was interesting because it sort of reminded me of insecurity, you know, seeking validation, right, like positive reinforcement. And so Hmm. it suggests that they are behaving in this extroverted fashion, because it gives them positive attention. And that validates. Yeah, that seems pretty reductive to me. Okay. We should mention there are many theories as to where these differences stem from. And that is just one of them. Something that makes a little more sense to me is the social reactivity theory, which alleges that all humans, whether they like it or not, are required to participate in social situations. And this is less about why they are an extrovert or an introvert and more about what that means in terms of their life satisfaction. But Mm -hmm. it says since extroverts prefer engaging in social interactions more than introverts, they also derive more positive affect from such situations than introverts do. There is a I believe he's a psychologist, Brian Little, who claimed that life often requires people to participate in social situations. And since acting social is out of character for introverts, it was shown to harm their well-being. Therefore, one way to preserve introverts' well-being is for them to recharge as often as possible in places where they can return to their true selves, places Little calls restorative niches. To me, it sounds like safe spaces, you know, spaces where they feel comfortable. Well, that and the like, I've just been at a party for an hour and a half and I'm over people and Mm -hmm. I need to go home and be alone, which Mm -hmm. is like, to me, that's the actual definition and the biggest difference between extroverts and introverts is how do you recharge? How do you gain energy? You and I, we do that by being around people. Right. Introverts do that by spending time alone. Yeah, there was an interesting article that you sent me about parenting. Mm-hmm. It talked about if you're parenting an introvert, one thing that is really helpful to understand is that if you have a day packed with social events, you should anticipate that that's going to be a struggle for them towards the end. Like if there's a birthday party or something, don't expect them to do well at a big family dinner if you go from the birthday party to the dinner or whatever, yeah. because they need that downtime to decompress and re-energize themselves. And if they're introverted and they're going from events to event to event, it's so draining for them versus extroverts that are like, what a fun day. (laughs) Yep. I can speak to that personally, because I have two kids. One for sure I know is an introvert. The other, I'm pretty sure as an introvert, he's very social though. Mm -hmm. So he enjoys that time, but he also has a limit and then he goes and needs to be by himself. He also has absolutely no shyness in him at all. Like he will go up to any goddamn person and start a conversation and be thrilled about it. My elder child has the opposite of that. (laughs) Very nervous about talking to people. I mean, you know. (laughs) Right. You just use the word shyness. So Mm -hmm. we should talk about how being shy is different from being an introvert. Right. So because I think both of my kids are introverts, Mm -hmm. but one is shy and one is not. Right. They are very different. 
there's a lot in this reading that we did that talks about the judgments around extroversion and introversion. And Mm -hmm. there's this culture, certainly in America, of feeling like being outgoing and friendly and personable and, you know, louder and everything means that you are frankly often seen as more intelligent, as it turns out in these studies, and more capable and friendlier and all these things. Mm -hmm. And part of that is that people have often equated introversion with shyness, and they are very different. There are very shy extroverts, and there are introverts who are not at all shy. There was a great example in one of the articles that we were reading that talks about a kindergarten classroom. Yeah. If there's two children and there's an activity going on with all the other kids, and these two children are refraining from joining the other kids, one of them is not joining because they're introverted, which means that they don't have a desire to join that activity. And one of them is not joining because they're shy. They do want to join, but they're too afraid to. Right. I mean, you can be both, but you could be extroverted and want to partake in all of those things, but just be really shy. And one of the things that I read was you can go to therapy to help overcome shyness, Mm -hmm. but going to therapy isn't a way to like change you from being an introvert to an extrovert. Yeah, there was something I read about if you were to graph it out, Mm -hmm. you would have on one axis, the scale of introversion to extroversion, right? Mm -hmm. And on the other axis, you would have the way that they worded it was anxious to stable. Mm -hmm. Then you end up with these quadrants and you can have calm introverts or calm extroverts. Those are going to be on the stable side of things. Right. Or you can have anxious introverts or anxious, which translates to impulsive extroverts. Mm -hmm. There's this big misconception that being an introvert means that you're not able to speak in front of people. You're not able to make friends. As it turns out, they're correlated. You know, it does overlap, but they're not at all the same. Right. And actually, I think that we do people a disservice by assigning either of those things to them when it's the other that might be who they are. Or what, you know what I'm saying? Like, we are all deciding for them who they are based on these traits that we see because of this misconception we have. Well, yeah. And it goes back to a conversation we've had before about labeling, you know, Mm -hmm. like how humans, for some reason, need a label. They need to put people in categories and boxes, you know, and we sort of try to fight that perspective a lot on this podcast by talking about things being a spectrum. And I think this is the same thing, even people who fall right in the middle that are referred to as ambiverts. Yeah. And I think quite frankly, no one's at one extreme or the other. We're all somewhere in the middle and maybe the middle is 98%. But maybe the middle is 50% for you. You know, it's different. It also can become this self-fulfilling prophecy that if a shy person has trouble reaching out and being social over time, they might become more introverted. And to that same point, this Wikipedia article says an introvert may become shy after continually receiving the message that there's something wrong with them. That's the thing is we have this judgment about it, like things you can't do if you're an introvert or ways that you should be, but you're not. I think there's judgment about extroverts too. Like people think that- Or obnoxious. (laughs) Well, I mean, yeah, but- (laughs) 
They think that extroverts are the only people that are good at sales because they're not actually Mm -hmm. intelligent, but they can run their mouth and talk to anyone when it turns out that based on research, actually, the people that are the best at sales are ambiverts, you know, the people who know when to like turn it on, turn it off, that can read a room. It's more about people assuming that extroverts are just as annoying individuals who take over the room or the conversation or have to be the loudest or get the most attention or whatever. So I think there are negative connotations both ways. True. But it's pretty clear to me just in life and then in this reading as well that our American society anyway prefers one over the other. Sure. Well, people like people that are charismatic and Mm -hmm. open and because people are like fucking entertain me, you know. (laughs) That too. Yeah. Well, think about like presidential elections. How many times did we hear when W was coming up? (laughs) Oh, I feel like I could sit down and have a beer with that guy. Mm -hmm. Is that what you want from the person that's running the country? I mean, yeah, it's nice. But also, wouldn't you like them to be really good at the job? (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're not really doing it. Their advisors are. Well, I know. But you know what I'm saying? That's the thing that gets most people is the charisma and the personability. Speaking of presidents, I mean, Barack Obama is a great example of somebody who's got fucking charisma. Out the wazoo. He definitely turned people that voted against their party line because he is a good leader. He is a good speaker. He's very charismatic and outgoing and extroverted. He's not extroverted. He's an introvert. Well, that's how people perceived him. Right. But he is literally an introvert. I would not have known that. I read that today. But again, he's he's an introvert, but he's not shy. That's the thing. We use them synonymously and we shouldn't. Uh That was the whole reason you wanted to talk about this topic in the first place. Yeah, that is why I wanted to talk about it. You can be an extrovert and be shy, like the little kid who wants to join the activity but is too scared to, or you can be an introvert and be outgoing. Yeah. That you like to socialize and do things with people, but when you need to recharge, it's by yourself. Mm -hmm. So Uh, it's not as simple as it seems. Definitely not. I found this fascinating, this article from Psychology Today called, Are You Shy, Introverted, Both, or Neither? And Why Does It Matter? There is a quote about ancient Greece. This is talking about the quadrants that I was mentioning before with the two axes, introvert to extrovert and stable to anxious. Mm -hmm. And it says, interestingly, this view of human nature is echoed all the way back in ancient Greece. The physicians Hippocrates and Galen famously proposed that our temperaments and destinies were a function of bodily fluids. What? Yep. Extra blood made people sanguine, which is calmly extroverted. (laughs) Yellow bile made them choleric, which is impulsively extroverted. So that's the more anxious type, right? What the fuck? Phlegm made them phlegmatic, which is calmly (laughs) introverted. (laughs) And black bile made them melancholic, which is anxiously introverted. (laughs) Well, if I had black bile, I'd be melancholy. So that makes sense. (laughs) 100%. But people have been talking about this for so long. It's interesting to me that it's been recognized that these are separate issues, separate axes of this thing since that long ago. And yet we still have this perception that they're the same thing. Yeah. People are always trying to figure other people out. Yeah. One of the more biological theories that seems very interesting to me, and I'm not entirely sure how it works, but there was some kind of scientist (laughs) that I don't know what kind named Hans Eysenck maybe. His version of describing the degree to which a person is outgoing or interactive was to talk about behavioral differences that are presumed to be the result of underlying differences in brain physiology. He associated cortical inhibition and excitation 
with the ascending reticular activation system, a pathway located in the brainstem. He said that extroverts seek excitement and social activity in an effort to raise their naturally low arousal levels, whereas introverts tend to avoid social situations in an effort to avoid raising their naturally high arousal level too far. That makes sense to me that there might be something neurological that is different because we're all fucking different yeah. in the head, right? Sure. It says cortical inhibition. I assume that has to do with cortisol, but this is me, yes. the non-scientist. But like if some people have higher levels of whatever that is and they're already and it's the same as people who have like sensory overload. You know, I think about people on the autism spectrum who are so overwhelmed by lights and sound and crowds and all the things because they're already so heightened. They right. have that heightened sensory awareness right. that other people don't have. It makes sense to me that maybe there are people who already are at these heightened levels and they need to withdraw. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see the science behind that. And I'm sure it just naturally goes back to the whole nature versus nurture argument. You know, like mm-hmm. is this something that is happening from a physiological standpoint inside of you? Or is this something that is impacted by your environment? Yeah, or is a little bit of both? Well, and that's a question I've been trying to answer for years, because my ex husband and I are both very extroverted. Yes, you are. Well, you know, now that I say that, he likes his alone time a lot. So he might just be an outgoing extroverted introvert. That actually makes a lot of sense. He may be an introvert that's not shy. Right. But neither one of us are afraid to talk to anybody ever. And we have a kid who absolutely is and is a total introvert. Do you think that can change over time? Or do you think that this is just who you are and it doesn't change, but you become more rooted in it as you age? We're talking about being an introvert or an extrovert, not the shyness part. Yeah. It's who you are. I believe that it is an inherent part of a person and you can learn ways to cope with the world around you in whatever fashion that is. Like if you're an extrovert who has to spend a lot of time alone, you're going to learn some ways to cope with that, hopefully. And if you're an introvert who has to spend a lot of time with people, you're going to learn how to do that and extract yourself at intervals to get your, what did he call it? Restorative niches. You Mm -hmm. know, you need those moments. But I think that's just a fundamental part of a person. Hmm. So we'd already talked about doing this episode when this happened to me, but I was on a date a few days ago. And he and I were talking about communication, like what is appropriate communication for one person that may not be seen as necessary or appropriate for another. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you can guess that we were having a little... A difference in opinion about yeah, the yeah, subject. Yeah. And he was explaining where he was coming from. And one of the things that he said was... Well, I'm an introvert. And I was like, whoa, because first of all, that always like raises a red flag to me because I am so extroverted. Mm -hmm. And I'm always like, ooh, am I going to be a good match with someone who's introverted because I recharge being around people. They recharge being alone. And and to clarify, not a red flag because it's a bad thing, but a red flag because it wouldn't be a good match for you. Right. Like wondering, like, is that an indicator that this is a poor match? Although I feel like I know a lot of couples where one is much more social and outgoing and extroverted than Mm -hmm. the other. And as long as they both appreciate and support that difference, maybe this other person doesn't want to go to that barbecue and they're perfectly happy to stay at home and you're perfectly happy to not guilt trip them about it. I Um, have two 
quick comments about that. And then I want to get back to your story. But number one, I think that a lot of those couples that we know that we're thinking of when we think of that have been together for a really long time Mm -hmm. and have sort of settled more into that. Mm -hmm. And number two, you are someone who hosts those things all the time. So whoever your partner is going to be is going to have to be more okay with it than the partners that's like, I'll stay home. You go ahead and go. That's true. I do host a lot. Yeah, which is great and fine and wonderful. Mm -hmm. But you're going to need somebody, you know, if you're going to partner up someday, who's going to be cool with people being around a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to your date. Yeah. So that was the first thing was like, uh oh, he's claiming introvert. And I'm always concerned about that. And then secondly, I was very surprised because we've been on, I mean, not recently, we kind of reconnected after a while, but I don't know, three, four dates, maybe. And he never once struck me as an introvert. Right. But that's because I was conflating being an extrovert with being outgoing. Right. He was always like pleasant and friendly with servers or other people we came across and very open with me when we first met and everything. So I assumed that that meant he was extroverted. Right. But what he was telling me was something different. Okay. I don't know if this is fair, but I sometimes feel like it's an excuse. I don't mean that in any kind of negative way about introversion or judgment of any kind other than you might be completely right. He may very well be a very outgoing introvert. I also think that sometimes when people are called out on poor behavior (laughs) and lack of communication specifically, Mm -hmm. they throw that out there, Mm -hmm. having never said it before. And it's not like you got to show up with your fucking name tag that says, I'm an extrovert or I'm an introvert or whatever. (laughs) But like, you'd think in all that time, you talk about all kinds of stuff that would have come up. So why now when he's called out on the lack of communication from before... And obviously, this is a whole story that we're not going into the full details of. But I just sometimes feel like it's an escape route. Yeah, could be. I literally have no idea. It could be that. It could be that the dates that we went on before were pretty close together. And he was not in a place where he needed to recharge. And the time that the communication was absent, he did. Doesn't necessarily excuse anything if that was the case. But the bottom line is, I simply don't know. How would I know? You can't know. And so it's going to come down to what is the future behavior like and how invested am I really in figuring that out? Of course. It's not like I would be unwilling to try dating somebody who has declared that they are an introvert. But like you said, that was something that was brought up as an explanation for certain behavior. And it was sort of presented as like an excuse. I'm an introvert. And so that's what I needed to do. Well, and it's sort of like, this is just who I am. You need to allow this. I'm not sure that I agree that the full context of the conversation was that. Well, I wasn't because there, of course. Because it sounds like there were some other difficult personal things happening sure. that may have triggered the need to withdraw and decompress and find a way to recharge. But I don't know this person well enough to know how accurate or truthful any of that is. Sure. All I can do is make a decision about whether I want to put the energy into continuing to invest in the relationship or the friendship or whatever it may be. Or if I'm just like, yeah, this is just too much to try to cut your losses, shuffle through. Yeah. Well, and that's totally fair. 
So question for you. Yes. Um, when you are swiping away on the dating apps, if you see that someone puts on their profile that they're an introvert, is that, I hate to use the term red flag, but no. again, it's not red flag about who they are as a person, right, right. just like how they would be as a match for you. Because you are very extroverted and you also host a lot. I do. It's definitely something I take into account. Um, I think of it more as a, I was going to say non-starter versus red flag, but it's not necessarily a non-starter. It just sort of depends on the person. I've definitely dated introverts. Actually, the three longer term relationships I've had since my marriage ended were all introverts. Yeah, I mean, I've had a a few and it has caused problems. I mean, it has been like arguing about, you know, we just hung out with those people earlier this week. Why do we need to do it again? Why do we have to spend like so much time, you know, going and and hanging out with groups of people? Why can't we just stay home and do our own thing tonight? You know, and so it's been an issue in the past. Yeah, the relationships I've had have kind of evolved from one to the next. And maybe I've evolved from one to the next. Fuck, Uh, I hope we do (laughs) evolve from one to the next. Of course. The first relationship I had out of my marriage, we were together for seven months. And I, I think I did a lot more of the let's just do whatever you and I are going to do. Let's stay home more. I was less willing to advocate for myself and speak up and say, let's go do this thing with these people and let's hang out. Or I want to do the barbecue. I want to do whatever it is. Well, also, I'm not even sure I can judge that because he didn't live here. He lived in Utah because I don't commute to date. So (laughs) (sighs) anyway, um, side note. We were just discussing the other day how when Michelle was in college, uh-huh. she was commuting really far south to date one guy. And no, no, I was south and I was commuting back to Shoreline. Oh, right, right, right. Back to Seattle. And then you were also commuting. From Seattle to Bellingham. Right. This is why I say I don't commute to date because I keep fucking doing it. So your whole dating life has basically been you commuting to date. When have I dated somebody who lives close by? You're a hypocrite, basically. No, I keep saying I'm trying to manifest. Alicia would be proud. Trying to manifest somebody nearby. There's definitely like if if we're looking at um, my phone or Michelle's phone on a dating app, Michelle will always be like, oh, two miles. Oh, one mile. Oh, four miles. Like she's always like zeros right in on that and is like. I have Ooh, to know pick that man. guy because he's so close. Because <laughs> you know what? 20 miles, also a non starter. Sorry. <laughs> I've done you, it. You I just say that, but you I keep know. doing it. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to manifest. Anyway, I think that with each relationship, it's been, you know, a little different and a little more time with them, with other people. And then this last one, you know, he's very social. Well, claims to be an introvert, but maybe that was just so he could have time to date other people who knows <laughs> i need uh, time to recharge yeah also fuck my other girlfriend right <laughs> right that's possible if i see on someone's profile that they straight up say they're an introvert i definitely am going to take a peek at the rest of their stuff and see like are we compatible in a bunch of other ways sure that that might be not that big a deal mm-hmm But it's kind of the same as if I see somebody who all of their profile pictures are skiing and hiking and boating and whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that that's bad. 
It's just that probably our lives aren't going to fit together very well. Like, that's awesome that you have so many things that you're interested and passionate about. But I don't don't regularly do any of those things. So when are we going to spend time together? (laughs) Right. Right. Exactly. I've been on one date since my breakup. And he was a really nice guy. Probably still is. Um, (laughs) And I don't uh, know. Maybe you destroyed him. I doubt it. Um, (laughs) There were tons of things we had in common. And then there were just a couple things that I was like, oh, we're just not compatible in Mm -hmm. some pretty crucial ways. And one of them was that I asked, you know, do you like to have game nights with your friends? You know, do you like to get together and hang out and play games and whatever? Because, you know, we do that a lot. And I love that shit. I'll find all of the stupid ass, you know, adult games that are ridiculous and inappropriate. And let's have some food, drinks and play them. And he said, you know, it's been so long since I've done anything like that. Basically, he doesn't either have time to be really social or just isn't. Then he asked me, what games do you like to play when you do that? And I said, we try all kinds of different games, but our go-to is usually Cards Against Humanity. And he said, what's that? No. That's a problem. <laughs> that is a problem. Like, that seems See, like, so stupid. I am the champion. I- <laughs> so it's very difficult. If you're not going to recognize my genius at this game, we cannot be together. But, like, if you don't even know the words Cards Against Humanity, I don't know what to do with that. Well, Cards Against Humanity, mm-hmm. I feel like, is a big... Like, I, I don't consider myself a huge gamer. You're not. Like, my family would tell you that I'm like, eh, when it's, uh, you know, time to play a game. But even I love Cards Against Humanity. Yes. And it is pervasive in our culture. That's the thing. Just don't think that that's a good match for me. The other big thing for me was that he doesn't listen to music, which he recognized was weird. And again, I felt like I'm bashing on this guy. He was a really cool guy. Lots of great qualities. We did have a lot in common, but like, You've never heard of Cards Against Humanity, and you don't listen to music. See, Bubble Boy. No, <laughs> I just like that. For me, that's just that's the non-starter. You know, what does that have to do with the introvert and extrovert? Oh well, I <laughs> know no, I'm really trying to tie it all together. I know that's fair. We've had some drinks. Um, <laughs> the reason I brought that up is because, like, that's clearly a more introverted person who's okay just not ever doing like friends nights hanging out oh you know what i mean like doing games and what i mean you don't have to play games to hang out with friends whatever but like it's been so long since you've hung out with a group of people right that you've never even heard the word cards against humanity put together in a sentence Mm -hmm. that tells me that you are a very introverted person (laughs) you spend a lot of time alone which great be that do that for you but that's not going to be a good match for me no and also, you went on a date and determined that there was a lack of chemistry. Yeah, that too. And I think that those things were part of that. Right. They're contributors. Yeah. Your lives are very different. You have different priorities. Yes. I mean, you like to listen to music and drink and play cards. And <laughs> I want to go to all the concerts. <laughs> no, I'm just Someone teasing you. who doesn't want to even listen to the radio or a CD. Well, who listens to CDs anymore? You know what I'm saying? No. 
That was so, very random. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, that's one of my favorite things to do is turn on a Spotify artist I like and let it go on to other things so I can learn about new music. Do you think that when you start dating somebody and you can determine, like, how big their social circle is, that's telling? Kind of, yeah. One of the differences between extroverts and introverts is often the size of the social circle. Right. Introverts might have a few very close friends. Mm-hmm. And extroverts might have friends all over the place. And obviously, extroverted as we are, we have very close friends. Mm-hmm. And then we have a lot of other friends mm-hmm. who are also wonderful and good friends of ours. But like, that's a lot for some people. Right. Yeah. So I do think that it is telling. Well, you can usually learn a lot about somebody when you meet their friends, too. Not even just like in the stuff they say about that person, but just in the way that they interact together, the things they like to do together, the stories they tell. Frankly, that's more important than what they say about the person, because what they say about the person could be lies. (laughs) Michelle is still smarting from, you know, recent events, and I don't blame her. I want to say this. Okay. Number one. Ready. I don't want to give that fucker more airtime. Because he doesn't deserve it. However, I would like to say that number two, I feel good. I do. I feel good because most of the time after a breakup, you question, you know, what could you have done differently? What was it about you? Where did things go wrong? Right. What did I do? What blah, blah, blah. Right. All of the things you have those insecure moments of trying to figure out how all of it could have been avoided. And I don't have any of that. I literally have none of that. So as much as all that fucking sucked, I don't have to sit here and wonder what I did to contribute, what I could have done differently, you know, because he did that. He did all of that. Most of the time when two people split, even if one person initiates the split, they both have some accountability for what went wrong. Right. And they both need to own that part that they contributed to the failure of the relationship. Yeah, absolutely. In this case, you were completely blindsided and by lies in your estimation, right up until you were blindsided, everything was great and going well. And so mm-hmm. I could see this is one of the only silver linings of the situation you went through is that, you know, you don't have to feel that wondering and questioning of yourself no. about, you know, what you did to contribute, like what you could have changed about your behavior and all of that. Yeah. And the questioning that I have done has been more around like, how can I be more aware and see this stuff coming rather yeah, that's than fair. That's fair. You know, rather than being blindsided, but it hasn't been, you know, what could I have done differently or better or whatever. I showed this to you the other day. There's this social media account or something called Butterflies Rising. They posted a thing and I shared it on our story on Instagram. It says, never be ashamed of how deeply and passionately you loved someone who destroyed you because destroying things is just who they are. But loving things deeply and passionately is who you are. And fucking right it is. <laughs> Again, enough airtime for him. Exactly. Anyway, um, I'm an extrovert. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, we both took quizzes and it won't shock you to know that we both came up as extroverts. That's so weird. Mm-hmm. If they've been listening for a while, they have heard our personality types episode mm-hmm. and also, they know us at this point, but like, 
Obviously. Yeah. We are both extroverts. Okay. I feel like we've beat this to death. We have no answers for you, <laughs> except that everyone, please take a little peek into your own brains at your perceptions around these words. And what do they mean to you? And are you getting it wrong? Also, go to the, uh, oh, you thought I was going to say go to our website. I I was going to mention the two um, restaurants we were at earlier. (laughs) So they could go have drinks and be just as with it as we we are. We are super with it right now. Are you in Seattle? Megan wants to tell you about the bars we went to, but she can't remember the name. What the fuck ever. It's on our Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) I took the picture, damn it. Wait, I feel like we need to tell you all that just now while we were recording, we got a text from Mimi (laughs) because we posted a photo of the drinks we had at Bar Mare, And Mimi said she like screenshotted the photo and zoomed in on a guy behind Megan's drink and said, I was just babysitting for them while they were there. And the funny thing is, is that I looked at that guy and I said to Michelle, that guy sitting over there in the black hat is handsome. As it turns out, Mimi was at his house. He still is. But (laughs) Mimi was babysitting for that guy and his wife. So, uh, yeah. And I said, Seattle, big city, small town. That's how we go. If you'd like to get closer to us. Wow, we really need to shut it down. (laughs) That's what I'm trying to do. You can find us online at Prosecco Theory. Uh, You can even wear our merch on your body. They'd be the closest to us ever. I have to tell a quick, funny merch story. Is it about the fairy yesterday? Yes. (laughs) On the way home from Hood Canal, Michelle and I that day when we got up and got dressed... Each had one clean shirt left, and it was the same Prosecco Theory tank top. Like, same colors, same font, everything. Fucking big-ass logo <laughs> on our fronts. So Michelle said to me, oh, well, we don't have to go out of the car anywhere today. We'll just go home because we're so matchy-matchy. And we even had the same fucking bra on. <laughs> I could tell there was like straps kind of that you could see. And I was like, Michelle, oh, my God, we're even wearing the same bra. So anyway, um, there's a variety of routes you can take back to Seattle from Hood Canal. We ended up taking a ferry. And on the ferry, you know, you drive your car on and then you can get out and go to like, you know, go upstairs and go to the front of the ship and see the beautiful sights. See the sights. Feel the wind in your hair. Smell the air. Show everybody your matching shirts. And have everybody look at you like, are they part of a group event? Yeah, what's happening? Yeah. So anyway, if you'd like to match with us. Please do. I think it's especially funny because recently I was talking about how I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing the giant logo out in public. (laughs) And then I had to. And not only did you, but we we were a team. Oh boy! Yeah. Uh, anywho, let's um let's call it. it up. Let's do yeah. it. Please go rate review 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 review. Review. Your mouth is not working. No. <laughs> review. Subscribe. Follow wherever you listen. Tell your friends and join us in our tank top army. <laughs> Cheers! Cheers! <laughs>